0: This podcast is part of the Robots Radio Rocket Club, a program designed to help all podcasts reach their full potential. For information about joining the Robots Radio Rocket Club, check out robotsradio.net.
1: Hey all you heroes and champions, crows, pirates, and inquisitors. Welcome to the Dragon Age Lorecast. I'm Shelby.
0: And I'm Austin.
1: And we are so excited to bring you this podcast. Every episode, we'll be talking about a different topic in the Dragon Age universe. From The Maker to Lyrium to Arabels, we will cover it all. There will be spoilers. And always remember, swooping is bad. Hey, Shelby. Hey, Austin.
0: You ready to talk about some Dragon Age?
1: Yes, I am. Let's do it.
0: All right. So, what are we talking about today?
1: Well, today we're moving into a totally new topic. Um, We're still in factions, of course, but for the past like month or a little bit more, I think, we've been talking about groups that have been affiliated or associated with the Chantry, such as the Chantry itself, the Imperial Chantry, Templars, Seekers, you name it. All of them. Um, so now we're transitioning into a different set of factions, and we can kind of group these together um, in that they're all uh, like crime groups, like they're mostly mercenary groups or uh, groups that operate outside the laws of Fates. So today we're starting with uh, two in one, and we're going to be talking about the Carta. And the Coterie.
0: Ooh. Um,
1: I'm sure you should be really excited to talk about the Coterie because they came in in your favorite game.
0: They did. I'll be quite honest with you, and this uh, I'll take the shame of this from the Dragon Age community. I thought the Carta and Coterie were the same thing, which is different names.
1: That's ridiculously absurd, but okay. I'm All just right. going to skip over that.
0: Pretend well, you I was wrong.
1: Yeah, yeah. Um, Well, let me just dive into my fun facts, since you don't know. The Carta, we're going to start with the Carta. The Carta is a powerful and ancient dwarven crime syndicate. They are dwarven. And they're headquartered in Dust Town in Orzammar. And we first come into contact with them in Dragon Age Origins. Yeah. So in Origins, we not only come into contact with the Karta, but we also meet the leader of the Karta, whose name is Barat. And we meet uh, the second in command of the Karta, who would go on to become the later leader of the Karta. And her name is Jarvia. And we will talk a little bit more about them later. So, I. Don't hate the Carta. Um, they're not, you know, my favorite group of people. But they're like the one group who does anything at all for the castless dwarves. Um, and I think that that's important to talk about and acknowledge. Right. I think, I think it's really important to talk about and acknowledge that. Because nobody else does anything for them. They're just on their own. Um,
0: right. Which is also... It's good but it's also
1: predatory. Oh, 100%. 100% yeah. it's predatory. And you know, if 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 the the kings, the rulers of of Orzammar didn't just like hate the castless dwarves so much, they could instead create a system that like cares for people and is nourishing and um, you know, like contributes to the well-being of everyone in dwarven society, not just the nobles. Um, but that's not the system they have. And so the Carta is the only hope of a dwarven castless person. Um, and they are a violent crime syndicate, but becoming part of the Carta, you know, is a way to provide for your family when you're desperate. So, you know, it's definitely a catch 22, but at least I'm, 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 I guess I'm glad at least like these people aren't just like totally in the dark by themselves.
0: Right, definitely.
1: Yeah, okay, so the Carta does a lot of business, uh, but you could probably sum up their business in one word, and that word is smuggling. They smuggle lyrium. They smuggle surface goods to Orzammar. They smuggle Orzammar exports to the surface. They smuggle weapons. They smuggle people, and they smuggle slaves. And... They really do a lot of business in Dust Town with all of this smuggling, but they also (laughs) run their own businesses. They also um, engage in sex work and, you know, all of that kind of industry and basically every like seedy business opportunity that you can think of, the Carta is involved in it. Um, they, they are also hired as assassins for contracted killings, and they profit from gambling, generally from games that they've, like, rigged. Um, so, they're, they've got their hands in just about every pot that you can think of. Mm-hmm. So, my last fun fact about the Carta is that after the Fifth Blight, the Carta really began to expand its influence outside of Orzammar, um, and especially into Kirkwall. They're one of the most powerful criminal organizations in Kirkwall, which is really saying something.
0: Yeah, definitely. Um, it really makes me want to know, like, what is crime like in Kalsharak? Yeah. Like, does the Carta know, like does the Carta have some secret that they know about Kalsharak that they're just not telling?
1: Does the Carta have people that smuggle goods in and out of Kalsharak?
0: Exactly. I want yeah. answers.
1: I need all of the answers. Like the other day in our discord server, which if you're not in our discord server, you should join it. We were all talking about Cal Shirok and how we have so many questions. And like somebody said that it's one of the top five lore questions that they want answered. And I'm like, yes, yes, me too. It's definitely like one or two up there for me. Okay. So from here, we usually go into like structure and history, which I'm going to be a broken record, I feel like. But generally, their structure is unknown. And generally, much of their early history is also unknown.
0: Makes sense. Most gang, most crime gangs and stuff are like Yeah.
1: That. But we do know a little bit about the history of the Carta, thanks to Varric. So according to one of Varric's books, which is called Dark Town's Deal, which Varric wrote, it tells us... That surface dwarves who don't have contacts in Orzammar often resort to turning to the Karta for help. The Karta acts as a contact in Orzammar for surface businesses and sells their goods on the black market in exchange for a cut of the profits. Darktown's deal even says that the Carta's black market is secretly tolerated and even encouraged because the Dwarven elites know that trade with the surface is the only thing that sustains Orzammar's economy. So that means that the Carta's black market is essential in the surface trade. However, to be fair, it's also Varric, and we don't know how much of that is exaggerated, Or, you know, fictional. But to me, I think most of that probably has a a good bit of the truth in it. Because we don't see much industry happening in Orzammar when we go there in Origins. I mean, you can really see that the only thing they've got is like lyrium trade, really. With the Chantry. And I don't know if that's enough to, to sustain a whole society.
0: Well, and it also makes sense to a point of, like, Varric might also know this from personal experience. Because the the Tethrys family is exiled from the merchant caste. Um, And so they might have lost all their legitimate contacts in the city of Orzammar. And They're not so,
1: exiled from the merchant class. They're exiled from Orzammar. They're still part of the Dwarven Merchants Guild. Right.
0: Well, they might have, with that thing, their contacts might refuse to do business with them. So they might have to resort to these black market contacts. And we know that Varric, while I would say generally a good person, he still has some shady involvement, you know?
1: Yeah, definitely.
0: Um, And, you know, I would call him a chaotic good.
1: Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, yeah.
0: So, so he might be writing this book from personal experience, and we know that Varric takes things that he's actually experienced and then embellishes. Hmm.
1: Oh, we do know that. Or we do know out- that
0: outright lies.
1: Yeah, we also know that. <laughs> well, that's about all we know about the history of the Carta, but we can talk a little bit more about involvement, and that's because in the Dwarven commoner origin in Dragon Age Origins, you become a member of the Carta, Um, and you are forced into working with Barat. So, in addition to that, the Dwarven Inquisitor of the Surfacer Kadash family is also a member of the Karta. So, potentially, we're talking about two... Two main characters of this series are part of this one faction. That's really significant. And, you know, obviously the, the hero of Ferelden leaves the Carta and becomes a Grey Warden. But I, I think that's a really big deal and we don't really know much about the Carta. Yeah, I, I don't know. I just think this is significant. But the background for why the Inquisitor is, is at the Conclave is that they were sent to sell lyrium and spy on the Chantry Conclave at Haven because the, the Carta knew that its outcome would have massive ramifications on the demand for lyrium. After the Carta learns that the Kadash Inquisitor survived, They then believe that the Kadash Inquisitor ran off with Illyrium and now hides behind the Inquisition for protection. During the War Table operation, the Carta gets its cut. The Dwarven Inquisitor can remove the threat to their life.
0: I think that it is interesting, especially since, like, you know what actually probably happened is that Cassandra, being the goody-two-shoes enraged power warrior that she is, seized delirium that the Kadash Inquisitor had and gave it back to the Chantry or whatever.
1: I don't know. I don't think she would do that because like what chantry is she gonna give it to? The divine guess, is dead.
0: I guess that's true. Well she is probably she give it
1: to herself? Yeah.
0: She probably took <laughs> it and used it for the Inquisition, knowing that they would yes use Templars yeah. or
1: Yeah absolutely.
0: Uh uh-uh. uh It's just interesting because they love to give, like, the Dwarven backgrounds, for lack of a better word, I'm going to use Mass Effect term, a more renegade personality start. Mm Mm-hmm. You know, like...
1: That's true. That's true. That's so true.
0: Where I always play my Dwarves as goody goods, and, like, my when I played the Dwarven commoner origin, I, like, was, like, trying to, like, the cardo was, like, my last resort like I wanted Mm. to get my family out of dust town and I was using Mm -hmm. the Carta and I would use any means necessary to get out or take a bigger cut than the Carta was giving me
1: yeah that's a good point whereas like I'm now thinking about this like I feel like the human origins human starts are always goody-two-shoes like humans never do anything bad or wrong Uh, I mean, look at Kuzland. And then the elves are neutral. And I I feel like we can't judge the Kunari because we've only had one. Yeah. Uh, But anyway, let's get back to the Carta for a little bit. So in the Legacy DLC in Dragon Age 2, we find out that there's one branch of the Carta who is seeking to bring the blood of the Hawk to release, quote, an ancient evil, end quote, in a Grey Warden prison in the Vimark Mountains outside of Kirkwall. Uh, Hawk then checks with Varric, who says that this that his contacts say that this particular branch of the Carta has been acting very strangely. Um, but we know, after playing that and after playing Inquisition, we know that they're acting strangely because they're under the influence of Corypheus. So... It's interesting to me that this group of dwarves even were able to be corrupted by a magical dark spawn like Crypheus because dwarves are supposed to be resistant
0: to magic. But are they resistant to the light?
1: I mean, I don't know. I would I would guess that they have a little bit of resistance because they live down there with them.
0: Right. I just wonder if like did this branch of the carta come in contact with red lyrium and like is contact with red lyrium what kind of subjugates you to Corypheus' influence if you don't have the blight because who's to say that Meredith didn't ingest red lyrium when she made the idol out of her sword and like could Meredith like, need to subjugate the mages and bring Kirkwall under her control be a subconscious drive from Corypheus, who wants to rebuild the Taventer Imperium?
1: You know, I think that theory makes a lot of sense. Um, but I, I don't think we have an in-universe explanation yeah. or, or confirmation of it. Um, but I don't want to get too bogged down in Corypheus, because we've talked about him a lot before. So... My last little thing I even have to talk about with the Carta until later is that according to Varric, um, and Varric is our source for a lot of Carta related information, but according to Varric, the Dwarven Merchants Guild and the Carta basically function in the same way. Um, they both deal on smuggled goods. They both engage in other dubious activities. They both sell goods. Um, one is just sanctioned by Orzammar and the other is not.
0: Sounds like a very Varric thing to say.
1: Well, that last part was me. That was, oh. that was a Shelby thing to say.
0: <laughs> well, it also sounds like a Varric thing to say.
1: Are you saying I sound like Varric?
0: <laughs> no, but I know that he's one of your favorite characters. He is
1: one of my favorites. Um... Well, let's talk about a few known Carta members. So, obviously, we know Barat. We know Jarvia, the Inquisitor, if they are a dwarf. The Warden, if they are a dwarf commoner. Uh, Karshall is the current leader of the Carta, as far as we know. Leska Leska is the best friend of the dwarf commoner, hero of Ferelden. Nadezda, an NPC we meet in Origins, and Sigrin, one of our companions in Awakening. So, you got any thoughts about the Carta?
0: Just that like, sometimes Bioware just really isn't subtle about where they get their influences from. Like, these are such an allegory for like, the drug cartels.
1: Oh yeah, 100%. I mean, it's literally one letter, two letters off.
0: Right, it's like... Carta?
1: Cartel? Cartel, I mean, come on. Come on. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, no, that's fair. That's fair. That's very fair. My thoughts are less about the Carta and more about the dwarves in general. Um, And that's just that I want more dwarven content in DA4, like badly. Mm -hmm. I want a dwarven companion in addition to Varric, if Varric is a companion, I want a Dwarven romance, a full Dwarven romance. Um, I mean, I'd settle for just that, those two things, but yeah.
0: What if Bianca is a companion?
1: Immediately, no. (laughs) Immediately, no. (laughs) I want Laura Bailey to voice another Dragon Age character besides Bianca. That's what I want. She deserves more from this franchise. Do you hear that, Bioware? She deserves more.
0: <laughs> they ain't Amazon. They ain't listen to us.
1: Um. Well, who knows? Anyway, um. yeah, I just want more Dwarven content. I want to know all the answers to Cal Chirac. Like, let me go. We've gone into the deep roads in every game. Let me go to Cal Chirac, please. Please? Please and thank you. Okay let's take a break
0: before we go on
1: before we move on to the cutlery.
0: all right so i'm still trying to wrap my mind around this i'm listening ah you've returned a letter arrived for you so welcome to the middle of the show where we talk about everything that's going on with the podcast uh, we do want to remind you that we do have a patreon set up you can go to the link found in the episode description and support us at various different tiers we are very gracious for your support um and so as always we read our top our first patrons first five patrons on the list of every episode so Shelby do you want to read that for us
1: yes I will definitely read our patrons out um our patrons are Lisa M Genesis Derek B Fletcher M and Zuba Zuba (laughs) thank you all for being our patrons we're so thankful for you
0: Um, And if you would like to support us in other means that are not financial, we totally want to encourage that. And the best way to do that is to go into either Apple or Spotify and leave us reviews. Um, You do not have to listen to your podcast there to uh, leave us a review there Um, on Apple. You can leave us a review with some words. And if you do that with five stars, we'll read them out on the podcast on a future episode. Um, Shelby, do we have a review to read today? Uh, We do not. No, And also, we would like to remind you that we're still doing our uh, Show Us Your Heroes, Hawks, and Heralds. So if you have those, you can email them to us, reach you out on Twitter, come join our Discord, which you can find in the episode description. Uh, And if you haven't joined our Discord, we would love for you to come join that. One of the reasons we do this is so that we can talk to people about Dragon Age and video games and all of that wonderful stuff of why we do this podcast to meet other gamers and other people who love dragon age and want to talk about
1: yeah and if you're not in our discord community you're totally missing out like no offense but we um talk about a lot of the dragon age lore um so come on over and join us
0: yeah definitely definitely all right shelby you ready to move on
1: yeah let's talk about the coterie my friend you fear barbarians will swoop down upon you. Yes. Swooping is bad. Yeah, this is gonna be fun. This one will be a little bit shorter, I think. Um, yeah. Just because we don't know. Again, we don't know a ton.
0: But we know a little.
1: We do know a little, and that's why we're talking about it. So, the Coterie is the main Thieves Guild of Kirkwall. Their activities range from extorting local merchants and politicians to assassinations of high-ranking members of Kirkwall society. They uh, pretty much commit any crime that uh, they can get paid for. So, um, we also know that Varick's agent uh, and editor is one of the bosses of the coterie. We learned this in Inquisition during one of Varric's War Table missions. I love that little fun fact. I just think it's hilarious. So Varric's second published work, Darktown's Deal, which we uh, talked a little bit about earlier, is a serial about the Coterie. Um, And it did receive some critical acclaim upon publication in 920 Dragon.
0: I have a question already.
1: Oh, wow. Okay, go ahead.
0: How like we're not told explicitly whether one of their gr- the groups that Hawk can join in DA2 is uh, connected to the coterie at all.
1: No, that's false. Neither of them are connected to the coterie.
0: So they're separate like they're separate smuggling and mercenary groups outside of the already established coterie.
1: Yes, that's correct. Okay. Because Hawk, the, the coterie is the top dog, like Hawk can't get into the coterie also, at I the beginning.
0: Like, yeah, I feel like the coterie would definitely like require a lot more than just a year's service from
1: Hawk. Yeah, I agree with that. Yeah, I don't think you leave sure. the coterie. Yeah, at least not alive. Yeah. Um. Okay, so we know a little bit about the structure. Are you surprised? <gasps> So um, the Coterie is composed of several different groups. Um, And each group has their own initiatives and like jobs that they do. And each group has their own leader. And that leader then reports to the main leader of the Coterie. And right now, as far as we know, that main leader of the Coterie is Harlan. And you can meet him if you go to the Blooming Rose. Harlan.
0: I'm trying to remember if I, I'm trying to remember if I've, like, met him. Or if I remember there's a quest he's him.
1: in, but I don't remember which one. I mean, you know I don't like two as much as I do the other two games, or as much as you do. So I don't ever remember the quests in that game.
0: Well, there's a lot of quests in the Blooming Rose that are just kind of, like fetch turn-in quests that aren't, like, scene quests, as I say. So, they kind of fade from memory for me.
1: Also true. Alright, well, let's get into their history. So, the Coterie is actually a newer group. Which is pretty surprising to me. Um, they've only been around for about 100 years. According to Brother Jenna TV. Um, But it's been very recently that the Coterie has become a major player in the Kirkwall crime scene. So about 20 years ago, the Coterie started its meteoric rise to be the strongest criminal guild in Kirkwall. Previously, the strongest criminal guild was the Sabrathan group. But the leader of the Sabrathan was betrayed from inside the group. And like during all of this chaos and turmoil, the leader was killed. Now, the Coterie took this opportunity to really uh, rise in acclaim. After the leader of the Sabrathane Guild was killed, uh, they kind of fell apart and the Coterie took their place. So now, the Coterie maintains its position at the top of the Kirkwall crime ladder by keeping their hands in almost every single pot that exists. They have members of the Coterie who are connected to the city guard of Kirkwall, the Dwarven Merchants Guild, the inner politicians, and more. Which is really impressive.
0: That is really impressive.
1: Um, so my last little thing about the Coterie is I brought a quote from the Codex entry titled The Coterie. And it says this. It's safe to say... That the Coterie gets a slice of every pie, and very little goes on in Kirkwall that escapes their notice. And I think that's very accurate.
0: And I do believe, I mean, well, I know we'll get into a little bit of their involvement, uh, but I do believe that Hawk is eventually approached by the Coterie in some form. I can't remember exactly.
1: Yeah. I think so. Uh, I I think there's the side. The Isabella is basically her loyalty mission or whatever. I know we don't call it that in Dragon Age. Um, I think it's that mission with her is where you have the most involvement with the coterie,
0: right? And so it's just a lot of involvement, and it's like I can see, I can see Aveline Guardsman Aveline. Guard Captain Aveline being very, very adamant about getting the Coterie out of her city.
1: Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Well, we do know a few members of the Coterie um, and those include Brecker, Four-Fingered Eddie, <laughs> Harlan, who's the current leader, Lily and Varric's editor. And that's about it. That's all we know.
0: And random members we kill in Dragon Age 2.
1: That's that's true. That's very true.
0: They love to attack you in Dark Town.
1: Oh my gosh, they love to attack you everywhere. All right. Okay, are you ready to talk about our side character for the day? I'm ready. Okay, so today we're actually doing two side characters. Um so we're getting a 2 for 1 kind of like this episode. So, I feel like these two characters are kind of inseparable from each other, at least in the narrative, Um, and they are both kind of minor characters, so we're just going to put them together. Um, Today, we're looking at Barat and Jarvia, and we talked about them briefly earlier, and I didn't want to get too much into it because I knew we were talking about them later. So, anyway, at the time of Dragon Age Origins, at the beginning, Barat was the leader of the Carta. And Jarvia was his second-in-command and his lover. Yep. Which you knew because you've played the Dwarven castless origin. I have not. This was new information to me. Although I guess I could have guessed it at the beginning, but anyways. So, Barat employs a lot of castless dwarves um, who generally join his ranks out of desperation. The Dwarf Commoner, Hero Fereldon Ferelden, and Leska work for Barat as hired muscle, like we talked about earlier. Um, and they basically just intimidate and kill anyone who dares to cross Barat. But in addition to hiring men as muscle and warriors, Barat also hires a lot of women. And their job is basically as a noble hunter. So you might be wondering what a noble hunter is. That's a weird title. That's a weird job, right? Well, essentially, a noble hunter uh, means that you are a person who is paid a salary to go and seduce a noble dwarven man, get pregnant with the noble's child, and then this way, the child takes on the noble class of the father. The mother, most likely, gets to raise the child. And Barat then has an N into the noble class. Yeah. And they pass him off as Uncle Barat.
0: And this is uh, what happens, or what is actually happening in the Dwarven Commoner origin and spoilers for that kind of origin but your sister is basically one of these noble hunters and the noble she's hunting is prince balin
1: yeah Yeah. (laughs) exactly so barat tasks uh the dwarf commoner and Leska to deal with a smuggler that's holding out on him and once that's dealt with um Barat gives them a job to rig a proving match by drugging someone to secure victory for this guy named Everett. Um, So, a lot of complications arise with this because when they go to find Everett, he is drunk. Like, incapacitated, about to pass out, blackout drunk. Which means that the Dwarf Commoner is forced to disguise themselves as Everd and take his place in the arena. Though Everd, quote, wins the matches and does reach the finals, eventually the lie is exposed, which leads to a huge scandal. As you can imagine, Barat is furious. And in, and in his response is to imprison and basically keep Leska and the Dwarven commoner in prison. But the duo does manage to escape their cells and they are able to confront Barat in his chambers and they kill him, which leaves the Carta with no, lead, with no leader. This is where Jarvia comes in. After Barat's death, she takes over as the leader of the Carta. And unfortunately, we don't know a lot about her life uh, before this, but we'll tell you what we do know. So both Prince Balin and Lord Harrowmont task the warden in eliminating Jarvia and the Carta in general, but especially Jarvia because she is a terrifying leader. And they do this so that they can gain more sway with not only the assembly, but also public opinion in Orzammar. And that's about all we know about Jarvia and Barat, but I think that they're a really important couple um, just because I mean, they're, they were two leaders of the Carta. Even though Jarvia has a short reign, um, they're both really important. I mean, the Carta, as we've established, is a pretty wide-reaching uh, criminal organization. So, they have a lot of power and and at least a significant bit of sway in Thetis. So, I think they're pretty important. Um, but before we close out for the evening, I have... One little fun fact about Jarvia and Barat. And this is a carryover in the Dragon Age 2. So in in 2, if you bought the Rogue Pack DLC, you gain access to a weapon called Jarvia's Shank and another weapon called Barat's Revenge. They are two daggers. And there's a codex entry about Jarvia's Shank. And it says this. When the Carta crime boss Barat fell, his lover Jarvia fought off rivals, planting this shank in each each of their hearts before she emerged as the group's undisputed leader. For years, Jarvia used a mix of brutality, cunning, and blackmail to grow the Carta's power until it threatened the Diamond Quarter itself. When King Indran Iduken died, some whispered that Jarvia planned to force the assembly to recognize the rights of dusters in Orzammar. Others said she had planned to overthrow the nobles entirely. The truth will never be known. She was killed in cold blood by the hero of Ferelden. Interesting. It is interesting because it paints her as almost a good guy. Right. Um, Go ahead.
0: I was just going to say, like, Jarvia, like, I'm kind of, like, ambivalent towards. Like, I don't know enough about her to, like, form that much of an opinion other than she, like, wants to kill you. But, like, Barat is a jerk.
1: Yeah. Um, Yeah. Especially.
0: And if you want, like, a new take, like, and a really fresh take on, like, what happens in Orzammar, I highly recommend the Dwarven Commoner origin just because it is a really interesting look into society and this whole Jarvia quest takes on a whole new light mm-hmm. I mean, everything like that. I just think that's really important. But it's interesting that they say in cold blood because, like, only the dwarf commoner would really have any reason to go after Jarvia in cold blood.
1: That's true because the rest of them, they're just sent by... Balin or Haramon they're just doing the job that they've been contracted to do so that they can get uh, the 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 troops from Orzamar.
0: right
1: yeah I, that's interesting and I, I just thought this whole codex entry was fascinating because it does paint her in a positive light because of the way they say in cold blood and all of these like little um things that oh she would have done this she would have given us more rights she would have abolished the nobility and all these kind of things I'm of the opinion that you're not ever going to be able to abolish the nobility in Orzammar um but these other things like it very well are were more possible
0: especially under like Balance rulership
1: yeah absolutely absolutely Yeah, so just two very interesting characters. I don't think we'll ever learn anything more about them ever. Um, But I do think that they are a good addition to the lore. And, um, you know, I I think minor NPCs like this make the world feel fuller. Um, And so I really appreciate that Bioware takes the time to not only craft characters like this with motivations and um like reasonings and you know ambition and stuff but also that they care enough to put a reference to them in like in the next game you know i appreciate that
0: definitely so yeah so you have anything else about the carta coterie or jarvia and barat
1: um i don't think so i think the only thing i just have left to say is that i want more dwarven content
0: always (laughs) more dwarven content yes please all right. Well, thanks for listening to the Dragon Age Lorecast. We'll see you next time. Thanks for listening to the Dragon Age Lorecast. As always, you can find us on Twitter at DA lorecast. If you have any lore questions, topics to unpack, or side character suggestions, email them to us at DALorecast at gmail.com. The Dragon Age Lorecast is a part of the Robots Radio Rocket Club. You can join the Robots Radio Network Discord by clicking the link in our episode description. If you enjoyed our show, we'd love it if you'd subscribe and give us a review. See you next time!
1: Do you love Dragon Age? Have you always wanted to learn more about its vast world and detailed lore? Are you still attached to your hero of Ferelden, even a decade after Dragon Age Origins came out? Or maybe you're a newer fan, still discovering a new tidbit or quest every day.
0: Well, either way, the Dragon Age Lorecast is the podcast for you. I'm Austin, also known as Teacup.
1: And I'm Shelby, also known as SheCup.
0: And come and join us as we embark on a journey to explore and discover all things Dragon Age
1: we'll discuss all kinds of topics from lyrium to the chantry and the great mysteries of the old gods and even more that even you Bi- bioware super fans might not know about
0: so come and listen on spotify apple stitcher or wherever you get your podcast and always remember
1: swooping